0: Hey, everybody.
1: Oh, yeah. hi. How's it going? It's going good. Welcome. How are you?
0: I'm good. Glad to be here.
1: We are happy to have you. Um how many people played Hyperlight Drifter? Who played that?
2: Stun silence. Crickets. <laughs> I played it.
1: <laughs> no, there's there's funny on my list.
2: <laughs> it- If it's any consolation, Rich, I spent the entire evening listening to your soundtrack for it.
0: Oh, was that in preparation for today?
2: (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. I went back and listened to the podcast episode where Emily interviewed you, and then I went off to listen to the soundtrack for hours on end. Oh, Oh, cool. Well,
0: that's that's a good sign.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. So what have you been working on lately, Rich? Can you tell us about anything, or is it all a big secret right now?
0: Uh, it's not entirely a secret. There's definitely stuff I can talk about. Um, lately, I've been almost entirely working on a feature film with uh, the director who I worked on the film It Follows with, where we're working on another film together right now. And um, Is it a horror yeah, film, film, film again? No, it's not a horror film. It's quite different, actually. Um, and um,
2: Expecting to go to Cannes again?
0: Uh, we're going to try, I think. Are you uh, going full Oscar bait this time? I don't. Who Who is that? I don't know who that is.
2: <laughs> oh, Oscar bait is when you make films specifically to score
0: Oscars. Well, Oscar bait. Uh, I mean, I think anything would be more Oscar bait than doing a horror film, so... they never seem they never seem to win anything so (laughs) um but yeah we're we're uh we're in production right now so it's been interesting for me this is only the second time i've worked on a feature and um there's been a lot of there's a lot of music in this film that's on screen so i've got i've uh, had to be on set quite a few days just working with actors and things like that which has been very interesting
1: what do you mean on screen what do you mean by that
0: yeah so there's like a couple of different scenes in the film where there's like um, there's a band performing or there's a quartet performing or there's a character who's supposed to play the piano things like that so um, there's been a lot of like uh, there's been a lot of preparation and, and work that's had to be done just to kind of sort out all those details and make sure that um, if there's music being performed on screen that it looks right and um, it's you know done properly so
1: cool cool any games in the lineup or just mostly working on the film right now
0: um yes yeah, so I, I actually moved to los angeles a couple months ago and um, the primary reason i did that was to work on another game with Heart machine who made hyperlight drifter so
1: awesome. well, that's, yeah, a yeah, that's
0: a good it. sign yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited about that project, and that'll be next year. Mostly, that'll be working on that, and that'll be kind of um, bigger and more. There'll be there'll be more responsibilities uh, across the board. We're doing doing a new kind of project, so it'd be fun.
1: Remind me, Rich, did you do the all the sound effects also in Hyperlite Drifter?
0: Um, I did all the music, and I did ambiences. Um, and okay. a little, a little bit of the sound effects, but we had a, we had another gentleman who did most of the sound design, mm-hmm. but, uh, this project, um, my intention is to do all the audio, so it should be, should be interesting. It's like, um, it's a, uh, 3d game. Um, uh, what I mean by that is just that it has it's a game that has 3d graphics, which is actually I've never, I've worked on a bunch of games, but I've never worked on a game with, um, full 3d graphics so (laughs) um should be different and fun
1: (laughs) sure that's crazy um you know you've been writing for such a long time making music and composing and you know you you put out a lot of music and I'm curious you know when you go back and listen to things from your earlier days or oh you're right it was Akash I forgot about that um, yep. sorry. That's right. I know Akash. He's amazing. <laughs> it's like one she's of the cool nicest guy. guys in the world. Yeah. Super, um, nice. super nice guy. Um, super nice, uh, girlfriend too. Amazing with an amazing voice. Um,
0: yeah, she's awesome too.
1: She's amazing. Um, no, but when you go back and listen to your earlier music, how do you feel about your kind of journey through writing and and how you've changed?
0: Uh, wow, that's a big question. Um, it's just
1: a nice light question to get things started.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty good about it. Uh, it's, I've been trying to do different stuff and push myself into new areas kind of consistently since I started, and um, it's not always easy. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, I feel pretty, pretty good about what I've been able to accomplish it's since I started and the it's kind of an ongoing challenge to try to stay um stay ahead of the curve as far as Mm -hmm. just coming up with new ideas and pushing myself in new ways um and there's always temptation to kind of rest on my laurels and you know do do you know a sequel or something Mm -hmm. something that's overly derivative (laughs)
1: I remember you came to the Twin Cities a couple of years ago, which was awesome. And you performed a really amazing set of, you know, original music of yours just at piano and voice. And I'm curious if you're still doing much of that or if, you know, if you even have time to, to do that kind of writing these days.
0: Yeah, it's kind of been put on hold. Um, basically, I was uh, I was working on a on an album of um, like singer songwriter type music for piano and voice. And um, I, I went around and played some shows for a bit and um, it's kind of on hold right now while I'm, while I'm working on some of these bigger projects. And uh, it's, it's kind of a shame because some of the songs I like the way that that whole like process started where I was writing that music is I went through kind of a tough breakup and <laughs> years since I wrote them and uh it's it's hard to get back into that mode when when you know as time moves on and I'm less and less uh you know emotionally uh distraught or affected by those events it's harder to like channel what I was feeling when I wrote some of those songs (laughs) you yeah
1: you went a little um digital there but I think I think I kind of gather what you were saying is you went through a breakup during that time or, you know, you wrote those songs after that time. And now the more distance you have from that event, it's more difficult to feel emotional about it, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense um what are some other types of music or styles or um instruments that you'd like to work with that you just haven't had a chance to or uh, you know what are what are some things that you'd really like to do musically that you haven't gotten to yet
0: well I mean there's always this general sense of I want to go deeper and deeper and, and come up with new kinds of sounds um um and so there's always this ongoing kind of desire to to explore the try to explore the unknown whether that unknown is is personal or just in general things i haven't heard before and so you know lately that's been trying to come up with new ways to to combine synthesis and and samples and things like that but then you know this this feature film that i'm working on i'm getting the opportunity to work with live musicians more than i have before and so there's going to be you know an orchestral component to this film that I'm really excited to explore, and um, I mean I wanna I wanna one day explore writing for musical mm-hmm. theater, and um, yeah. yeah, I just I'm I, I like to do different stuff. Yeah,
1: musical theater. That's that's funny. Um, there's a composer named Adam Gubman who surprised the pants off of me when he said that that was like his. Not really secret passion, but one of his, like, he just always wanted to do that. So, I mean, that's just a whole different ball game. <laughs> that's just <Totally>. so different.
0: <laughs> it's totally different. Um, and I think being on set for this film is, has uh, given, me, given me a little bit of perspective that, I mean, it's obviously different doing theater, but there's, there's an element of it just as far as the logistical compl- com- complexity of having a lot of people. Running around doing different things that uh, I think is starting to—I don't know, maybe at least a little bit—prepare me for what that might look like.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. Do you like to go to those kinds of? I mean, do you go to shows and stuff like that?
0: Um, you know, I haven't—I haven't made it to too many shows. Um, part of it, I think, is just it's expensive. But uh, yeah, um, I, I when I was in when I was in London, I saw. Um, I saw the Book of Mormon that was pretty recent and I really liked nice. that. Nice. Someone um, no has a question. Dan Burns yeah. has a question.
1: i reading it here too.
2: Well, that's a broad
0: question. I haven't yet had the chance to score a video game, but as an aspiring game composer, I'd love your take on composing music for interactive purposes. For example, interactive audio sound palettes for different scenes Layering, etc. Um, yeah, Dan, could you maybe elaborate on that a little bit, if you could? Because there's, there's a lot there to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I think every project is so different that it's, it's hard. It can be hard to. I mean, hmm. Dan is typing. Well, I have
2: maybe a, a clarifying question in the meantime. While he's going, uh, to what extent was the score of Hyperlight Drifter interactive? Was it that sort of layered music where it it switches into a more up tempo version when uh, when something happens in the game, or was it just as we see on the soundtrack?
0: Yeah. So for Hyperlight, we we built the game in Game Maker, which is not. It's not known for its uh, amazing audio uh, tools. (laughs) Uh, They're extremely basic. So everything that we needed, we had to build. And even then, we were somewhat limited by what the technology was. And so from the get-go, we wanted to keep the implementation pretty simple. And so what we settled on was using crossfading to have different versions of the same track, um, but generally keep this musical structure of things the same. So what that ended up looking like is, you know, having a bunch of versions of the same, the same music in an environment. And then the, you know, we move through different versions depending on your location and the context of what's going on, whether you're, you know, in some kind of encounter with enemies or a boss or, um, you know, moving above ground or below ground. And so, you know, a, a, a good example of that is like in the west and hyperlight drifter there's kind of like a first area of of that environment um there's kind of like a there's kind of this like haunting arpeggiated piece that uh moves through a lot of different variations and the variations um i kind of just figured out where to place them based on intuition and, and and wanting things to feel like they were moving so that you know, as the player is moving around and doing different things, the music has a similar level of activity and progression and, and it wouldn't feel repetitive or stale. And so there's things like when you go underground and, uh, you know, there's an underground version of that music that is wetter and larger. Or, you know, there's these little these little um, mini, like like uh, like little uh, arena encounters, which, which is what we would call them, which are like kind of these closed-off areas where you fight a bunch of enemies. And so those would have, you know, maybe more percussion Um maybe more distortion or, or something to bring the energy level up. And um, you know that was kind of a general approach with that. There's a lot of cr- kind of using crossfading. Um, and um, there's like some other stuff going on in there too that we didn't use a whole lot of, but we built tech for. Um, in fact, there's, there's this one thing that we did that uh, I really wanted to use more of on this project, but I didn't get a chance to. And that we, we used it once. And that's in the central town of Hyperlight Drifter there's a little character playing a guitar, and uh, when, uh, when you are in the central area and you hear the underscore for that area, when you move near the, the player the, the character playing guitar, you hear you hear this little accompaniment that that they're playing on guitar, and you know it's in sync with the underscore and um, that was something that I wanted to explore more, having that kind of combining um, you know, what, you know, like, uh, uh, like non-diegetic sources, like things that are underscore and then things that are actually hap- like sounds that are emitted from the environment and making those kind of like part of the same musical, uh, experience.
2: Certainly sounds like a very interesting experiment.
0: Yeah. And it kind of set, it set me up for my next project. Cause I really wanted the next, my next project. I really want to experiment with, Creating a sense of music just by using environments like sounds in the environment that you move past. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a complete waste.
3: <laughs> um at the, the chat here.
1: Yeah, so Dan was curious then just about the interactivity, you know, like you were talking about the crossfading, which you wouldn't be doing in a in a film score, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in film, it's, there's a lot of other sort of things that, that you have to think about. I mean, in, in this case, there's all this logistical stuff with dealing with actors, um, you know, dealing, um, uh, hmm. I mean, it's, it's, in, in a lot of ways, it's more straightforward, but it's, um, it's a lot of work, and uh, it tends to be more compressed, too, as far as a lot of work in a shorter period of time. Um, but the actual structure of, of a film is usually more straightforward. And so it's a little easier to, to, score, I think a film than it is a game, at least in the like logistical sense, because, uh, well, you know, if you're doing, if you're, if you're, if you're not like hiring people to record stuff, that's, that's when it gets a little bit more complex, but in general, you know, just being able to see like the whole film in front of you and, uh, like, um. It's kind of like a puzzle, and you kind of just get to fill in the blanks there, which is fun.
1: When you're doing crossfading between tracks, that's a little bit like a puzzle in some way, too, right? Because you want them to, or I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, but you would want them to work together tonally, right? As, I mean, you don't want to be crossfading some something completely random in, right?
0: In a film, you mean, or in a game, sorry? Game, sorry.
1: Game, I'm talking <laughs> oh, game. Oh,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, there's always a, there's always an attention to how things are going to work together, for sure. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like there's another question here.
1: Yeah, go for it. Do you have any interest in diving into the new world of audio for VR? And if so, how would you start that process, since it's a new field with a lot of undeveloped territory?
0: I have a lot of interest in that. And uh, this next project, because it's a 3D game, I think I'm going to be able to experiment with a lot of things in audio that I haven't experimented with, with before. And um, certainly, I'm, I'm you know getting into 3D. I'm, I'm really interested in some of the technology that's being developed to create kind of realistic uh, applications of sound in spaces. And even if it's not realistic to experiment with how sounds behave in space... Um, so, you know, I've been, I've been buying all sorts of like, uh, headphones and like that, that, uh, some that are supposedly going to, going to have, going to be specially like, uh, specially outfitted for an improved sense of like space or by like binaural audio, um, 3d audio, stuff like that. Um, and, um, yeah, I think in general, just like messing with three D type type audio stuff to to get ready for for VR. Um, sure. N i e r did Near. That with some songs. What is what is that?
1: Near, it's a video game. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I thought, was I thought it was an abbreviation yeah, the last generation of consoles, if I remember correctly. Yep,
1: A Japanese RPG and the soundtrack is full of songs. Oh just cool. these beautiful songs that this person wrote and this lady just sings in nonsensical language, I think, over top, and it's, it's pretty awesome. yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's really, really good stuff. Yeah.
3: One of the oh, interesting cool. I, Oh, sorry
2: and it, it is as weird as you would expect from a game where the front cover basically shows a man who is wearing his underpants on his head
1: yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> the, the,
3: the singer that did a lot of the near work apparently also wrote the the lyrics but the lyrics are all like nonsensical sort of they're supposed to sound like languages what they would sound like in a thousand years kind of thing so they're not real French or not real Gaelic or whatever, but it sounds like that. It's really fascinating.
0: Whoa, yeah, that's cool. Do you have any idea what I might search for to find those
3: those little songs?
1: If you just search near soundtrack, you'll you'll find them.
0: Yeah, you'll yeah, find near them. OST
3: or near soundtrack on YouTube, you can find anything there.
0: Yep. Yeah, I, I was hoping to maybe I'll find some, be able to find some gameplay that has that. That sounds cool
1: oh yeah yeah it was a pretty pretty game i got a little frustrated (laughs) i never finished it but huh
3: it's a long game and it's repetitive you kind of have to play through it multiple times to get the real ending and stuff so it might not be for everybody
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't yeah (laughs) it it it
3: sounded
2: like for a while that they were talking about making a sequel to it i don't know if that's still in the cards
3: yeah near automata uh it's coming out early next year
1: Nice.
2: All right. Well that's been flying under the radar. <laughs>
1: cool. So what are what does anybody else have any other questions for Rich? I can keep going. You know, if you guys Actually, wanna think of some questions, go for it.
3: I've got a I've got a quick question. You kind of were mentioning 3D versus 2D in terms of uh, uh composing and stuff, and even in like a non-VR sense. So what what exactly you know, other than just like stereo and stuff, like is there anything else that goes into what you would consider a sound in two D versus three D? Like, how how does that differ in your in your mind in terms of composing stuff? Yeah, I
0: mean, I was thinking like I was talking about that one piece of tech we implemented in Hyperlight Drifter, which is that you know if you move towards um, an area on screen, like a like an object or a person, you would get some of you get a piece of the music that would kind of attenuate as you move further, closer, or further away from it. And so just the idea of playing with diegetic music, music that's in the environment, um, I think in a 3D space, you know, there's a lot of things that you could potentially do with with um, music or audio that's in the environment and how that audio interacts with each other and how it interacts with the player as they move through the space. And so I'm like really interested in things like creating the experience of music by combining a bunch of different sound sources that are in different places in the environment, things like, um, and then also things like, you know, how, how those sounds change based on the position of the player, like, and maybe the way in which they're moving through the space. And then things like, I don't know, things like Doppler effect, like, you know, like maybe there's something there that you can do with, how pitches change and I mean I think there's a lot of potential for there's a lot of cool things that I could potentially I could potentially do with 3d that I've never gotten the chance to try before but of, at this point I don't know if any of those things will actually work but I have a feeling like some of them might so um, that's what I'm excited about
2: I think an analogy that you might find workable in a technological sense as well is to treat the music sources as light sources where you have different sort of starting points for them and then they mix up in different places.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that totally, that analogy totally works. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and it's, it, it gets, you can get pretty complex with it because, you know, you can have uh, you can have sound sources that are static in space or sound sources that are attached to, you know objects or or creatures or whatever that have behavior and you know how do those how do those things affect each other and i just think there's a lot of uh i get really excited about you know what that all looks like and how how that can be made to be interesting um and i i almost see it like the applications are similar to like maybe maybe like a, a really interactive sound installation um I'm just kind of I'm just kind of like imagining because I don't haven't I've never really tried it, but yeah
1: <laughs> uh rich, were you in bands and stuff when you were younger, or have you pretty much always just done your you know major music?
0: Um I've been in a couple of band type situations like I was in like right out of high school, I had some friends that we used to jam pretty regularly. Um, it there's just three of us, just guitar, bass, and drums. And um, that's a very, that's a very uh, positive memory that I have of growing up. I really enjoyed that a lot. And you know, I, played, I played live for a long time and for probably like seven or eight years. And then maybe for like three or four of those years, I, had a, um, I played with a drummer. Um, and so you know, I kind of got that experience as well. And um I've been in some other small type type situations too. Uh
1: what uh what music are you listening to these days?
0: Um good question. Um I'm kind of kind of been like just going through lots of different stuff. Um the last couple of years, I've just I have like a long, long list of stuff that people have recommended to me, and I'm trying to work through it. Um But let me see if there's something. I think there was something recently that I was listening to a lot of, and it's oh, there's near.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: remember? Wait, it is. I've been, you know, like I have some friends who, who are, whose music I really like. Um, this uh, my friend Mateo Lugo, who I worked on the Rains soundtrack with. He um, he put out an EP recently that I really like called Mago, M A M A G O. I can post a link to. Yeah, do it, do it. Um and uh, yeah, I guess in general, I I don't tend to sit with. I haven't lately. I haven't tended to sit with like an album for for too long. I, I have like a pretty short attention span lately. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've kind of been like all over the place. Sure, sure. Well, you can listen
1: to near now too. I mean, not right now. but
0: <laughs> Yeah, hold on, hold on, guys. I'm just going to listen to this. <laughs> Talk about
3: yourselves. <laughs> and, and, and that song is even, there's even another interesting bit because there's a quest where you get another person in the town to also come sing a duet with them and you have to go do some stuff so there's a duet version of that song too anyway i'm just fascinated by that soundtrack
0: that's awesome it's a really yeah, I, interesting one i, I want to do more of that kind of stuff like i love i love the idea of a game where you have characters who play instruments and that the that the instruments somehow kind of align with you know, whatever the underscore is. I think that's really cool.
2: I think Bastion did some of that too. Uh, Each of the major characters had a theme to them and you would oftentimes catch them singing or humming their theme tunes and then the soundtrack, like the the major music that played in the background would overlap with that and sort of take over and integrate their humming or singing into it.
0: That's cool.
1: (laughs) I don't remember that at (laughs) all. That's so funny. I played the hell out of that game, and I don't remember that. How could I forget I that? I can't remember
2: the name of the major characters, but uh, Build the Wall, whatever that, that song yeah. was called. Yeah. started out with the girl humming the melody of it, and then as right. you got closer and closer to it throughout this maze, the music built up, and eventually you had the full-blown tune.
1: That's right. Have you ever met um, Darren Corbridge? You don't really—I um, haven't stumbled into you at too many conventions, but I'm, I'm wondering how often you
0: get out and about to stuff like that. Um, I think I might have met him at one point. I've been to the Super Giant office. Um, nice. <laughs>
2: then you definitely <laughs> met
0: him. <laughs> well, it was during GDC, and it was like a party, so. I, I'm not entirely sure, but, um, I, I've definitely been to my fair share of conventions, but I think in the last couple of years I haven't been going to as many. Um, I've been trying to pick my spots cause there's so many to go to. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: and, um, I don't live for conventions. I think some people really do. And that's kind of the, that's kind of, um, the highlight of their, of their year. And I think that's awesome. But for me, they're a little overwhelming and, um, um, I primarily go to either, I either go because there's some really interesting, you know, there's really interesting information and, and, uh, things to learn about like a, like a festival like XOXO in Portland, which is probably my favorite festival, which is kind of a combination of people who work in games and, uh, and just people who are doing creative things on the internet. Um, um but, um, I mean, I, I pretty much always go to GDC. That's the big one that I. Pretty much go to every year in some capacity. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, GDC is is a good time for sure.
0: For sure, I'm going to be speaking at GDC this year. Um, Oh, nice! I think I'm speaking. I think I'm doing two two talks actually, which is kind of ridiculous.
2: (laughs) You might want to get that checked up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I should probably know more about that. Uh, Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I think I'm helping. I'm doing a. I think I'm doing a micro talk. Um, as part of someone else's um, thing they put together and talking about uh, uh, lessons learned, mistakes made, that kind of thing, and then uh, I think we might be I think we might be giving a talk about hyperlight drifter stuff too so
1: cool um, now that you have you know worked in film a little, you know uh, what do you? appreciate in terms of the differences between the both the two of them you know films and games what do you enjoy about each
0: um oh bye good luck on your
1: (laughs) good luck Um, on your final
0: yeah good luck um yeah the the differences are numerous uh you know film is such a Film is a much, is an older institution, and so things are a little bit more set in their ways. And there's more bureaucracy. It's very complex. There's a lot of people working on films, usually in short time periods, so it's hectic and stressful. And um, people are gen- generally overworked and underpaid. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot about the landscape of it that's, uh, in my experience. Um, a lot, a lot crazier than working on an like an independent game project, <laughs> which is, by comparison, extremely chill. Uh, <laughs> and um, you know, there's just a, it's a lot more. It's generally in that you know, comparing independent, for instance, an independent film to an independent game. There's generally like a lot more corporate interest, um, and there's just there's just generally a lot more money flying around. Um, and so. As an independent creator, it's a harder it's a harder environment to thrive in and to kind of um, you know make a you know stake a claim to because it, it, the odds are kind of stacked against you in that in that regard. And people, I think, in an independent film space, people are happy just to have creative freedom. Like everything, I think, anything beyond that is a bonus. Like you know, keeping any sort of rights to what you're doing or anything like that is 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 a bonus. So. Wow. Um, it's, a, it's a very different experience for sure. And, uh, um, you know, there's a lot of people who are just working on it, on working on films because it's their day job and it's just a paycheck. Um, or at least I get that experience, I get that um, sense. Whereas, you know, independent games, it's usually a passion project um, for uh, a larger majority of the people involved. So it's it's a different different sort of vibe
1: what do you or is there anything you know that you've been able to explore musically through through working on feature films that you it hadn't you hadn't chosen to incorporate in game scores before or I mean I know you mentioned that you were working with more live musicians does that at all inspire you to want to ever work with live musicians
0: in on a game score um, if it makes sense, I think the I think the creative process for games isn't always that conducive to to using live musicians. Um, just because the form, the structure of games and the form of it tends to, it tends to be highly malleable and it's always changing down to the you know down to pretty far along in the project. Whereas sure. with the film, the the structure I think is more or less. It's generally more or less set in stone, and there are there are less there are less factors in the possibility space of what a film can be as far as the stru- actual structure of a film and the way a film is made. I think it's a little bit more straightforward. So you know, on a film, you know, you get to a certain place, and they're editing the film, and it becomes pretty easy to just okay, I'm going to you know do all the, I'm going to sketch all this stuff out, and then we're going to record it, and it's good to go. And I think with a game you can have that same experience, but it you, there's more of a risk of things changing, and music that you recorded is not no longer applicable to what you want to do. And um, I I'm not a huge fan of like concepting, like s- sketching out music for real instruments with with not real instruments. But I, I I accept it as a kind of a I accept it as kind of a um, a. Um, necessary evil given my like level of expertise with you know uh doing stuff for live musicians so um like I I I wouldn't want to do it any other way like I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to notate it and do it that way or something Um,
1: um
0: so yeah I mean I I I like it uh I like kind of the results that you can get but there's also less control, you know, in working with live musicians. It's more—you're leaving things more up to fate, in some in some some ways.
1: Sure, sure. Because of how much music you write, I mean, I know you have a band camp where <clears throat> you know if people subscribe, you send them like an album a month or something, right?
0: No, it's uh, people. If people can afford to and want to support me, they can subscribe through my Bandcamp, and basically they like right off the bat, they pretty much get my entire discography and which is um, large, which is pretty large. Yes. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a no strings attached arrangement. I mean, if you want to support me, that's awesome. And, uh, I don't, I don't really believe in exclusivity, so I don't have any exclusive content or anything like that. There's no secret, message board or anything like that. I just try to be available and, you know, I, it it allows me to sell my music for cheaper. So, um, you know, that's kind of the, you know, and it allows me to sustain my career. So, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I thought, um, for some reason, I thought you sent some new music each month, but, um, which kind of changes my question, but, uh, yeah, just in terms of, how often do you get to sit down and just improvise and kind of mess around that way compared to when you're sitting down to actually work on a project?
0: How long do I take to sit down and figure out uh, the beginnings of a project?
1: Oh, no, I'm sorry. I guess I was just curious, like, if you get a chance to sit down and just improvise for your own good or if you feel like you're always working on a project.
0: Um, I mean, I, I, go to great lengths to get away from my work. Um, it just happens kind of naturally where I, I just don't want to work on my project all the time. So I, I, end up doing other stuff, finding other ways to be creative, whether it's music or not. Um, lately it's been playing drums, um, nice. which is really fun and also kind of like, kind of like a weird form of therapy. At the end of the day, to just kind of just you know bang on some stuff. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 hard to find the time necessary to do something meaningful. As far as like, if you're trying to create like a thing that you want to put out into the into the world, like as far as like a project, like a release or something that's personal, Um, it's been tough for me doing that because I've been been fortunate to have some really great opportunities and there are big opportunities that take up a lot of time. So, but I'd like to have more time to do those things for sure. Sure. Sure.
1: Uh, who else has questions for him? I feel like I'm hogging all the question asking.
3: (laughs) I got a quick question actually. Um, yeah. So, uh, in terms of, uh, when you're creating soundtracks for, well, I guess games or movies really doesn't matter how much um, you know you you kind of get uh, how much do you work with the the you know either the creator of the game or whoever's you know whoever's developing it in terms of like you know they want a specific kind of sound or that kind of thing like how how do you get how do you sort of get the feel of what a game's going to sound like and, and score it that way? And, you know, how much of that is your, own, how much of that is your own sort of creative process and how much of it is kind of collaborating with the, the creator of the game or movie or whatnot?
0: Yeah. I, a lot of times there's a collaboration that happens there between myself and whoever the creative director for the project is. Sometimes, you know, the creative director of the, of the music is the creative director of the game. And so, you know, I, you know, we have a lot of back and forth about what the what the sounds going to be, and, and they sort of guide me in that way. Other times, the creative director of the music is me, and so it's up. You know, it's been I've been given the responsibility to figure all that out for myself, and that's fun too. I, I like working both ways, um, and uh, it's a process. You know, it's a very personable process if you're working if you're collaborating with someone on the, the direction you know it's about figuring out what your relationship is with that person and how you um, you know what they see for the project and what you see for the project and how you know how altruistic the game is and, and what i mean by that is just like how how much how much do they see themselves as the filter for everything that happens you know on some projects you're dealing with someone who you know like a i don't know someone someone like say like Hideo Kojima or somebody who, you know, they want all the decisions to go through them pretty much like, or someone who's a little bit more, you know, hands off. Um, That's just a thing that you kind of figure out in interacting with people. And over time you get better at kind of figuring out, you know, where, where you, where you belong in a project, you know, what, what, you know, where you're going to get to do your work um, and in what, what capacity. You went to school at Berkeley, right? Yes, Berkeley College of Music in Boston
1: Boston. And when you went there, uh, what were your goals? were Were they to be a video game composer? Is that what you went to school to do to be a composer?
0: look when i when I first went i um I didn't really know what I wanted to do i I was writing video game-influenced music, but I saw that as just like a personal hobby, I think. And I didn't think I could make any sort of career out of it. And so I was trying to think pragmatically about what I was doing. And so when I first went, I thought maybe I'd I'd be someone who works at a music studio or something, or post-production or, you know, something like that. And um, fortunately, uh, I, you know, kind of figured out um more about what I wanted to do and started to discover that you know working in video games was a real viable option and uh was able to get a lot of first hand experience of that in college doing doing internships and things like that working doing some freelance work in college and um just learning about you know what the sp- what the space is what it was like to work on games you know I, I had the experience of being a freelance composer, working remotely, I had the experience of kind of being an audio director on site. I had the experience of being like kind of a studio sound designer for a game. I kind of had a lot of different experiences in those first couple of years in college and right after college. And so those really kind of helped me to refine my sense of like my work identity and what what works best for me. Um, and I, I learned that working full time, Making sound effects w- was not for me, and that it was it was really draining. Um, and that uh, I really liked the f- the flexibility and the and the the um, self reliance that comes with being a completely independent creator um, and having to make make pretty much make all your decisions yourself. And sometimes it's lonely, and sometimes it's difficult emotionally to have to always be the one to make the decision. But um, you know, over time, I've figured out ways to kind of deal with those sorts of things and ultimately it's worth it for all the other benefits of being independent.
1: Definitely. Um, so when you are, you you mentioned earlier that you like to get away from your work, you know, you don't want to just be consumed by it all the time. Um, so when you, you know, if, if you ever get frustrated writing or you, you're not, coming up with ideas is that when it's just really easy for you to say, okay, I need a break or how, how does that whole process work for you? I guess, writer's block for lack of a better term.
0: Yeah. I think for me, as much as humanly possible, I don't force myself to write music. Um, I only do it when I have to. And there are certainly times when I have to write music because it's just, it's make or break time and, you know, and and there's something to be said about um, just putting music down sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just helps to just start and see where it takes you. Um, and so that's something that I've learned definitely over time that to be less precious about ideas and, and to really kind of see them through regardless of how I f- might feel about them yeah, it's at a certain time. Um, um I kind of forgot the question. What was the question?
1: <laughs> <laughs> just wondering. You kind of have been answering it about writer's block and you say you don't like to force yeah, yourself. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I think uh yeah, I try I try to um either take a break or um power through it. Sometimes I just power through um you know, kind of the negative emotions that might come up when I'm when I'm working on something and I think, man, this is not very good or this is not what I want. Um you know, sometimes those feelings come about because I'm trying to put I'm trying to put uh, a square peg in a round hole um, and times you know you have ideas about what something should be or what it could be and you try those ideas and they just don't work the way you expect them to. and so there's there's a process there about being able to accept, things for, you know, for what they are and to kind of move past any sort of disappointments and, um, you know, for the sake of yourself, for the sake of the project, whatever the project is, um, mm-hmm. on, um, on Hyperlate Drifter, that was something that happened in the process because I really wanted to write these long through composed pieces of music that I was going to compose at the piano and notate them completely and then mm-hmm. use that as like a, a framework for fleshing out the music mm-hmm. um, in production. And I couldn't, uh, there were so many issues with that process. Uh, first of all, writing these really long pieces of music did not work well in the game at all because the music needed to be able to change relatively sure. quickly. Uh, and these, mu- these pieces of music were, were capturing too many, uh, capturing too many different feels. And also I hate, I hate uh, doing notation. So <laughs> and I, no matter how hard I tried, I was like, I, I just, I hate, there's the, there's the lack of immediacy just drove me insane. So um, <laughs> um, it's just like, it's like, why, why am I doing this? This feels so antiquated. And I just, it drove me nuts. So yeah, I had, a, I had to give up on these really sort of like highfalutin ideas I had that I spent a lot of time thinking about and just realized that, you know, these ideas are not, uh, they don't work for me and they don't work for the project.
1: I can imagine that could be at once frustrating realization, but also maybe a liberating realization to be like, oh, well, this isn't going to work. Let's move on to something else, maybe.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel liberated after afterwards during the process. It can be really tough, but afterwards I feel liberated, like, okay, there's a thing that I know that I don't doesn't work for me I don't want to do it and it just removes that option from the table and I get to focus on something else and also it's helped me to kind of grow tougher skin about these issues and and to not you know it's kind of reinforced this this uh, concept for me which is that I I need to I need to try not to be so precious about what I'm doing and I think the precious preciousness about creativity gets in the way of you know making things that actually exist (laughs) you know it's like it it gets in it just gets in the way because it's you know it's not a precious you know creative ideas are not precious they are hard you know they're hard-earned um and they're dirty and you know they go through they go through a lot of changes so you know i think in general it's helped me to treat them that way
1: cool Cross go um, ahead you can ask your question.
2: Okay, it's I think it's a bit of a cliche one as these things go, but if you could pick any uh, particular game creator or studio or a particular game series that you could get to to work with and make music for, which would you choose if you could just pick anything? Um, I always oh like
1: this question, yeah. <laughs> um
2: yeah I, I know it's a little bit uh, tell us a joke
0: yeah i it would be really cool to work with someone like like she like Miyamoto like when he was younger <laughs> and in an environment that isn't so corporate and and limited, like as far as you know oh, we have to do a mario game or something like it would be really cool to explore a new space with someone of that caliber. Yeah. When you
2: say when he was younger, are you thinking sort of technologically as well. Back in the back in the earlier maybe 16-bit eras, or you're thinking with modern technology.
0: I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe maybe a little bit of both, maybe creatively and te- technologically, um, but not to the point where it's you know exceedingly difficult to make something. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know technology has helped a lot in making things easier. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just there are some really amazing creators who work in the work in, work in those spaces and still make great content. But I think are a little, you know, they're 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 a little bit um, they're a little bit restricted in what they can do. And I don't like to be restricted by in that way. I don't like to be restricted in that way. Um, a as true far as ending. like. Yeah, I if my, the restrictions I, I want to self impose those if I can and you know maybe there's some budgetary restrictions but I don't want to be restricted by like you know a, a higher up or some concern about I don't know like monetization or IP or something so
1: Well, Rich. Thank All right, you.
0: thank you, for
1: that. Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> we sure appreciate you uh talking with us today very much.
0: Sure, my pleasure. Always a pleasure. Yep, yep. What are you you guys going to do now?
1: Sam and I have to make today's show. We've been working very hard on the pilot project uh, that, you know, I interviewed you about last week, and um, we are going to finish that. And also, make today's show, because that hasn't happened yet. It's been really crazy lately.
0: <laughs> and eat pizza.
1: And eat pizza. Pizza yeah, sounds
0: amazing. Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like you need some pizza. Definitely.
2: <laughs> I'd offer some homemade coleslaw if I had the opportunity.
0: Ooh.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: How do you
2: make your coleslaw? Do you make it with
0: mayo or vinegar? <laughs>
2: uh, I make it with both, though, with apple Ooh. vinegar. And I also had some honey to the mix.
1: Whoa. Ooh. Well, let's that's all nice. go to Denmark and have dinner there. <laughs> no
2: mustard, though. <laughs> mustard um, over my dead body.
0: I don't think I've ever had God. coleslaw with mustard.
2: Most of the coleslaw you can buy here has mustard in it, and it's horrible.
0: Oh, that's too bad. Weird.
2: <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
1: All right, well, take care, Rich. Thanks again. It was really great to, to chat with you, and uh, we look forward to whatever's uh, next, movie or game. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks.
2: Thanks, it's a pleasure,
0: Rich. Keep on being awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: good
2: luck
0: with your project, and everyone have a good day.